This is Growing the Valley, a podcast by the University of California Division of Agriculture and Natural Resources. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Miller, Orchard Systems Advisor for Butte, Tehama, and Glen Counties. I'm your other host, Phoebe Gordon, Orchard Systems Advisor for Madera and Merced Counties. Today I'm sitting down over Zoom with Dr. Amanda Hodson, professional researcher in the Department of Entomology and Nematology at UC Davis. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. Hey, Lou. Thanks for having me. And Amanda, more fully introduce yourself and your program for listeners. My lab studies soil health and pest management. do a lot of research with nematode and microbial communities and how those relate to soil carbon and nutrient cycling and what that means in agricultural systems. What we are going to be discussing today is olive pumice. Tell us how you got interested in olive pumice and what it is. <laughs> well, um, I had no idea what olive pumice was <laughs> until uh, a grower contacted me and they were interested in what to do with it. So olive pumice is the leftover byproducts of olive oil production. It's kind of the crushed up olive pit and olive skin. And all of that stuff used to be sold as animal feed, and there's not as much of a market anymore for that. So it's considered a waste product, and growers are wondering what to do with it. And so in collaboration with this grower, we wrote a grant proposal for a CDFA to see about composting it or applying it as a raw soil amendment. So you're in this situation where olive oil mills have a tremendous amount of this pumice material and used to be an actual second profit mode here where they could sell it before, but that dried up. What did you set out to initially test and analyze when you were looking at this pumice, both applying it raw and in various mixes? We were really interested in the soil health aspect because in Europe, they've been dealing with this problem for a really long time. And they found that when they make a pumice with bulking agents like agricultural waste or leaf trimmings, things like that, it makes a really good compost that can improve their water retention and increase soil organic matter. And so we wanted to see if we could do that too in California soils. In cooperation with a commercial composter, we made some mixes that had different compositions. And one of them was just olive pumice and green waste. And one of them had some kind of almond waste. And then we also just tested the raw pumice. And the composition of those composts was pretty similar to what a green waste compost might be. One of them had a little higher C to N ratio and, and pretty neutral pH, but the raw pumice had a much lower pH, around 5. Food safety wasn't a super big concern for two reasons. One is that the olive pumice has so many phenolics in it that it's not very easy for bad bugs to grow in there. And then the other is that we're applying it to olives that are not harvested off the ground. So once we had those is, we designed an experiment for a large commercial area and we applied the compost mix one, compost mix two, and the raw pumice. And we applied that at a rate of about eight tons per acre concentrated on the berms. That's about a third of the acreage. So if you scale that down, it works out to more like two tons an acre dry weight. We saw that the raw pumice and the compost increased some leaf nutrient and the pumice especially increased phosphorus and potassium, which is also kind of cool because we've seen that in the scientific literature and the pumice is very high in leaf potassium. 
We also saw some cool effects of bacterial feeding and fungal feeding nematodes that were responding to the olive pomace that they're eating it. And that's also something that we've seen in the laboratory. We didn't see any effects on yield, but we did see some increases in particulate organic matter, some sort of early responsive carbon pool. So it could be that it just takes a long time of applying this to see changes in the soil food web and then carbon pools, potentially some of those ecosystem services like the water retention and possibly nutrient retention as well. Very exciting. So with the pumice, my understanding is you had to have it dry first before applying it. But it was something that your cooperator, who both have a mill, but they also are a grower, it's a nice closed loop system where they can put out what otherwise be waste from the olive milling process and get this value added where you're increasing your soil health. And and like you say, it's going to increase soil health very differently on different types of soil. And a lot of these changes can take years to see. But what were some of your other hopes with the benefits of pumice that you're seeing both in the field, but also in some greenhouse studies? One of the hopes we had was that it would improve the response to water stress. And so we did an experiment with little olive seedlings in pots in the greenhouse. And this also served as a check to make sure that if we're applying these relatively high rates of olive pumice, we're not going to see phytotoxic effects on olives, even small ones before we started applying tons of this in the field. (laughs) And we didn't see that. So that was actually a really good sign. We had two treatments. One was where we watered the olive seedlings 50% less, and we added the compost and the pumice. We didn't really find a lot of differences in their ability to retain water. But I think it was probably because when we water stress them in the greenhouse, we water stressed them too much and they kind of shut down. (laughs) So we got some interesting data in between time before they shut down. So it's a little bit tricky to untangle. In theory, the compost should improve the water holding capacity of the soil. And the leaf nutrients in that greenhouse study backed up what we saw in the field as well. There's also some interesting lab experiments we did to see if it could potentially help control verticillium will. And incorporating the pumice into pot did reduce the survival of inoculated verticillium. So that could be an important co-benefit. Very interesting ideas for additional benefits of this olive pumice. Like you say, you were testing either full water or 50% ET of supplied water for these small saplings. So a really severe drawback. But potentially, just like Brent Holtz has found with whole orchard recycling and the added organic matter there, that he saw a stem water potential difference with there being greater water holding capacity, less water stress with the whole orchard recycling. We could potentially see that with olives that are already very drought hardy, receiving applications of pumice on a yearly basis after harvest and building up the organic matter and water holding capacity over time. Yeah, I mean, in theory it would be possible to reduce the need for more frequent irrigation. Yeah, and the control of verticillium wilt, if there's any benefits there, it's also really exciting and interesting as well. Definitely, like it's more of a soil amendment in terms of nutrients itself. It it did supply some to the leaves, but especially in terms of nitrogen, we did find in a laboratory study, if we applied pumice just by itself, it did have the potential to lock up some nitrogen. Like luckily in the field, fertilizer is also applied. So we didn't see that happening 
in a commercial field at all. But I would think of it much more as a soil amendment than a nutrient source. Just exciting that you're seeing a real growth in the microbial population. As I discussed with Patrick Brown talking about all the biostimulant efficacy work that his lab has done, some things that you apply to the field can actually be negative and cause, you know, like you say, looking for phytotoxic results or looking for nitrogen bind up in the field, even with regular fertilizer. And these negative things didn't happen. You saw some potential benefits with the increased phosphorus and potassium nutrient levels. Looping back to the start of our discussion with those different treatments, what are you recommending to growers right now? Are you seeing the future as these growers applying the olive pumice raw or in combination with different compost treatments? I think both is is definitely an option. If they're going to apply it raw, then the key is going to be getting it into a consistency that enables it to be reapplied to the orchard. So that would either mean spreading it out somewhere and letting it dry to the point where it can be applied in a commercial compost spreader, because if it's too wet, it'll just stick in there and it won't come out. Or I've also heard of people adding water to it and applying it with water kind of as a slurry. As it is, it's kind of the worst of both worlds. You have to either get it wetter or drier (laughs) to make it easier to apply. I think especially if people want to experiment with it and they're nervous, they can definitely apply it to the middles and not to the tree rows. But at least in our stuff, when it was applied at a pretty high rate of two tons an acre to the whole acreage or eight tons an acre to that berm strip, it was okay. So at least that tells me that people want to start experimenting with it. I think it would be worthwhile, worth the risk. And to support folks that are interested in potentially trying a product like olive pumice, is the Healthy Soils program an incentive option as compost? It's not, although it would be an interesting option. I know that the Healthy Soils program does allow for on-farm produced compost. It just needs to meet certain criteria. So if you wanted to compost it yourself, that's a possibility. And then you would be able to get credit for applying it. And my understanding is that for the future directions of this research, you're also interested in the potential for weed control and pest nematode suppression and even looking beyond olive orchards into other cropping systems. Yeah, I mean, that is one really interesting thing. We did experiment with extracts with the pumice and the phenolic inhibited weed germination in the laboratory. So that kind of raised the question of, is it possible to use this kind of as a natural weed suppression? Unfortunately, or fortunately, in the orchard of where our trials were, they didn't have a lot of weed problems (laughs) because the soil was so bad. So we didn't see a lot of weed come up. But that's definitely something that we hope to look at in the future. And we did see some interesting preliminary data in the laboratory with suppression of certain groups of pest nematodes. And while the pest nematodes aren't a big problem in olive, they are a big problem in other crops like walnuts and almonds that are planted close by. So there could be some benefits to having olive growers as your neighbors. (laughs) Indeed. What has gone from a pain in the neck to have all this 
olive pumice on hand is potentially is gold on hand that uh, has all sorts of potential benefits. Oh, the soil uh, food web loves it. <laughs> they just eat it up. They love it better than the compost. Excellent. Well, as you continue to research this, we'll have to have you back on the podcast to discuss the next phases of research and the promise of olive pumice. But any final thoughts or takeaways, Amanda? I think I just want to emphasize that these orchard ecosystems are really alive, and especially an olive orchard with all of that leaf litter on the bottom. It really mimics a natural forest. And the soil food web communities that I'm seeing there are in many ways more similar to ones I've seen in the foothills under native vegetation like Guayan and Manzanita. And that to me is really exciting because it means that these growers are fostering whole ecosystems that could be providing valuable services like carbon sequestration. And I think they should be able to get some credit for that. Absolutely. And thank you for doing research that brings us closer to that day. So thank you so much for your research and thanks for being on the pod. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Growing the Valley, a UC A&R podcast. You can find out more about this episode at our website, growingthevalleypodcast.com. We'd like to thank the Almond, Pistachio, Walnut, and Prune Boards for their support. We'd also like to thank my sister, Muriel Gordon, for writing and recording the theme music.